This is Saturday Skate on Sports Radio WEEI. Talking Bruins and the NHL with Ken Laird from the Kirk and Callahan Show. Old time hockey, like it is sure. Bruins writer Rear Admiral from Barstool Sports. Bunch of criminals. We ought to be in jail. That's all there is to it. Featuring contributions from WEEI.com Bruins writer Ty Anderson, former Bruin and WAAF personality Lyndon Byers, and nine-year NHL veteran Ryan Whitney. Whitney has tied. Sneaks in from the point. Saturday Skate is brought to you by AT&T and Star Market. Eat this win, you know, we got a lot of losses. Yeah, we got a lot of losses. Lace him up for some beast talk right now on Sports Radio WEEI. All right, this was what we called a response week in the business. Bruins, two comeback wins, and my buddy, Rear Admiral, from Barstool Sports, having a fire back at Pete Shepard. After he was called a Cam Neely suck-up. That had to sting, Rear, didn't it? I mean, if it was rooted in reality, maybe. But <laughs> I, I looked through all my uh, old blogs. I couldn't find any I, one blog where I defended the actions of Cam Neely. No love letters to Cam no, in there? No, no. I mean, I, I don't remember. I don't find any dumping. I've always been kind of neutral on Cam. So, yeah, I mean, again, if I'm a suck-up, I mean, I do, you know, but definitely suck-up. you and Shepard were boys. I thought you guys uh, were friends. Uh, Pete's great. I, lo- I love what Pete brings to the station. Tons of passion. He gets, Sometimes I worry about him, though. He gets a little too riled up. I think we need to have a def- defibrillator in here some days. But, um, yeah, I mean, I'm, you know, I'm, I do definitely suck up to some things on, on, on online. But, I mean, if you can produce evidence where I suck up to Cam Neely, I'd love to read it. This was a, a Pete Shepard appearance on uh, uh, my boy's show, the Kirk and Callahan show this week. Pete was a guest on the casting couch, which I guess Rear Admiral may soon be as well. He was ex- extended the invite after. Sound, yeah, it sounds like Jerry uh, asked, asked me to be on. I'd be more than happy to do the casting couch. That's big stuff. As long as it's not the same one that's on U-Porn, I'd, I'll be down <laughs> for it. <laughs> Here's a little bit of Pete Shepard from uh, this week call, calling out uh, our friend Rear. With all due respect to Rear Admiral, okay, some of these people are nearly suck-ups beyond belief. That was part one. Really, the bigger uh, takeaway was part two from uh, Pete. He's sticking with his guns. As you know, uh, Admiral, I have declared D-Day for Claude Julien right before they hit the bye week. That that Montreal game, February, what is it, 14th? A couple weeks away, yeah. I should know. It's my own own D-Day. Anyway, uh, that doesn't even need to be declared because Pete Shepard has said already – that Claude Julian is a dead coach coaching. Dead coach Watt. He's and already been fired. You just don't know it yet. We all know he's been fired. It just hasn't been said. It just hasn't been is said. Is he collecting yet? Or? <laughs> uh, here, here's the thing to me when, when you listen to how Pete frames it. I don't think he's totally necessarily wrong. Claude may, behind the curtain, get the feeling he's out. I don't believe they've actually gone up to him now and literally said, Julian, you're out. We're just you're coaching out the string. I don't know if you believe that. They appears to to have reached a crossroads now where they've decided to let this thing play out for another couple weeks. They've got the All Star break here. The schedule really thins out over the next three weeks. I think they have six games here, the Bruins, uh, in the next couple weeks, including that bye week. So they'll see how things shuffle out and how some teams around them in the standings uh, react. And at that point, they're going to have two choices: a coaching change or a trade. Or I guess actually, you could throw in three choices. You know, neither. Nothing, yeah. Stand pat. Right. But I don't see that happening. So it's possible that the writing's on the wall and Julian feels it. What, give me your uh, response well, here, though. I, what Pete I, had to I say. could guarantee you right now, I, I know who's going to get fired. Mike Babcock in Toronto. I don't, it's, it's happening. It's going to happen. I don't know when. In the next Mike 10 years. Mike Babcock is going to get fired in Toronto. So just sit and wait. It just hasn't been said just yet. Just sit and wait. 
Yeah, exactly. I, I mean, you, I, we talked about it last week. You, you can't. Well, he's going to get fighting, and, and then it happens two months later. That's not having a scoop. You did. You you, you might have taken a guess. Maybe you had a source that told you something. But you're not fired and kept on. I think the Bruins, if anything, and I mean after Brad Marchand's quotes, it, it feels like the marriage is like more solidified now than it was a few weeks ago. I mean, I, I don't get the sense that there's no player mutiny. There's no players dropping quotes, maybe, you know, off the record stuff to guys. I maybe mean, I'm sure one or two guys bitches, but bit, bitches to a media guy. But there's nothing out there that, that, that there's any indication he's lost the team in the room. I mean, no one. Except for the fact that they lost four in a row when the rumors were swirling. Right. Well, of course, they go hand in hand. You know, they lose, and then, you know, one prominent guy in town says it's going to happen based on his gut, the writer's gut. I mean,. There was nothing, you know, I mean, no one was told, oh, sources, this. Yeah, of course they're going to think about it. You know, they talk to their source. Well, yeah, they're going to take a look at it. Well, of course, that's what management does. Well, even Bob McKenzie, you know, you know the most respected guy in the hockey right. media, had, he had that. commented on it last week. That right, but and then the he's, seat was hot. He's one guy whose word you, you absolutely abide by, and he did have that. There was a strong disconnect. And, you know, now is that disconnect, is it still there? I mean, again, I just hope they're not waiting to fire him on some – PR for, for some PREs like after this break, but th- he's here now. I mean, wh- what are they going to fire him for right now? I mean, they got to go another five games, another ten games. I I think Claude's. I wouldn't be surprised if he's here at the end of the year. Well, no, I think, and I think you you brought up Marchand. I think the players, the veterans on this team, it's genuine. They want a cup with this guy. They obviously have some, uh, you know, degree of uh, closeness with Julian, but that doesn't mean it's the time hasn't come or it could provide them a spark here down the stretch. But you, you look at this. This break that they have now, they'll come back and they'll take on Tampa on the road, Washington, a good team, and then Toronto again, who they've been skunked by twice. You brought up uh, Babcock and the Leafs. If you really are honest about it, let me just clarify: I was totally joking about of course, that. Okay, of course, Toronto's so, in a playoff spot right now. If you give them, if you extrapolate the points based on having five games in hand on the Bruins, Toronto is going to make the postseason with a very young roster. And if if that happens and they beat out the Bruins. That's tough. That's three years in a row you've missed the playoffs, and you know you could argue, and I think I would, they had a better roster than all three years on paper than uh, all three of the teams that they were beat out by. Philadelphia one year, and this year it would be uh, would be Toronto or well, Philly again. But uh, you know, yeah. I, I think you also got to remember there's still a wild card spot. I mean, I, a couple of months ago it looked like the the, the Metropolitan was going to have five teams in there, but you true, know, that's that, true. They've fallen off. Philadelphia and Boston both have 56 points. Bruins do have two games in hand. That's you know that's it, it is potentially four points for Philly, but uh, I mean I, I consider the Bruins in the thick of it as as much as any any other the other teams at the bottom. Um, you know, again hypothetically if they if they miss the playoffs again, yeah, I, you know I just I'd rather deal with that when we get there than I just kind of I feel like we beat the same drum over and over like with Claude. Is he gonna? Is he gonna go? Is he gonna go? Like I don't know. It's like All Star Weekend, man. You know, like let's let's beat you, up. The you want to clear the head a little bit? Yeah, yeah. We'll I mean, you know, I mean, they, they they went into the break pretty good. They won. I mean, that Detroit game, it's a team they should have probably beat easily. Uh, they were down. They battled back. They showed some some guts, a little bit of spirit. Same thing, Pittsburgh down two nothing. They come they come battling back. And this break is probably a perfect time. I I think Tuchel's looking a little tired out there. He he hasn't been nearly as sharp as he was earlier in the year. And I think this is a well-timed break for him. And they only got a couple guys going there. And then it's, it's it basically... Including Tuca, which yeah, might be yeah, negative. Oh, Jesus, you were with the negative. Well, they, they called up my board, Kudobin. He's going to start Tuesday in Tampa. They they called him up because Zane McIntyre can't play during the All-Star break. No, guy. they called him up because Tuca's got to fly cross-country from the Staples Center, and they don't want him to play Tuesday after then a long why, trip. Then why didn't they wait? 
because they need Zane McIntyre for Providence. That's why they call them up. Come on, Kenny. Come on, Kenny. I bet be you better. You want be better. Bet, you want to bet some wise potato chips that we got sitting oh, here? Oh, those are those the cheeseburger ones. Yeah, well, these are unbelievable. Yeah, they, are, they actually uh, taste like a cheeseburger. They had the and the uh, the Korean barbecue too. I like those. I mean, if you're a big chip guy, and I mean, you can't beat Wise Chips. We're uh, presented by Wise Snacks, of course, one of our fine sponsors, and Star Market and AT and T. This is Saturday Skate. I'm Ken Laird. Rear Admiral from Barstool Sports is here, and Ty Anderson, our beat man from WEI.com, is uh, walking in here as we speak. But yeah, we should give uh, you know a little focus on the games this week. The Pittsburgh game. After getting skunked five to one and being down two nothing in the first period, going to the two intermission break, I bet you uh, plenty of televisions clicking off or to other channels oh, across New England. The Sunday Pittsburgh game. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yep. Uh, yeah. It, that it, was ugly. It, yeah. It, it, after period one Thursday night, it felt pretty low for this team. It was one of those. Oh, you know, the, the wheels are turning again, and the response was what it was. I mean, I know Pittsburgh was missing Malkin, but whatever. Guys are hurt and always missing on different teams. Um, you know, they showed tremendous heart come back. I mean, they got a little hairy late, but they got four points going into the break. They can recharge the batteries. I think, like I said, this is a, a, a very well-timed break for this team. I think Tuco's looked a little ragged. Maybe Ty can give us a little more insight here. Uh, what do, Ty, do you think this is a, a, a good time for the break, for the Bruins get a little bit, a little wind in their seels maybe or what? Oh, okay, take Let's get Ty fired up here. All Come right. on, Dave. Come on, Dave, the producer. Get his mic on. Are we good? I want some respect. There we go. The hey, what's finest. up? There we go. What's going on? Dave's a killer. Uh, yeah, no, the break is totally the right time. This team, I mean, they look exhausted. And and they usually when you ask questions like that, they're like, no, no, we're fine. Everything's fine. They were like, yeah, no, we need a break. And so I thought that was funny. That was it's telling. It's true. Uh 60, 53 games, 52 games. I mean, that's yeah, 52. That's, yeah. yeah that's more, nuts. Than, more than anybody else in the, in the league. Yeah. That's, that's nuts at this, at this stage in the year, I think. And, and, you know, asking a team to, to win these games against good competition, uh, given all of that, given the circumstances is pretty difficult. So, um, you know, they came through with some, with some big wins, but, but yes, this was sort of like you watch that, that Pittsburgh game on Thursday and you say, they're not going to win this game, especially when it's two nothing. You're like, this team's gassed. They're just they're, they're they're ready for the break. They need it. They need to press you know the, the reset button there, and uh, and fire it back up on Tuesday. But they they pull it out, and I mean, I can't think of a better way to end what has been a trying 52 games than that win. It sums this team up, doesn't it? I mean, they, right when you're ready to, to cast them yeah. away and not pay attention it's, again, they they come up with a there's definitely a like that Godfather Part Three aspect <laughs> to this team, and it's funny that it, it's uh, that is that the only thing that people remember from the Godfather Part Three? I think is you know just when I think just when I think I'm out, they yeah, pull the me court, back in. That 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 and the, the hilarious miscasting of uh, Sofia Coppola. Well, Marshan almost didn't play in the game, <laughs> yeah. and he ends up being yeah. the star of it. You know, is almost got knocked out of it too in the first period. Right. And what happened with that? Did he even talk about that? He'd be helped down the runway after one. Yeah, collision with I believe was Ian Cole. Uh I want to say of the of the of the uh Penguins there. Uh looked like it was lower body and then come to find out he pulls himself out of the uh fastest skater competition tonight. Right. So that would lead you to believe that yes, there is something uh lower body going on there. Um he he finished the game. I mean, his skating still looked, you know, like Brad. I I, I don't think it looked uh as if he was, you know, hobbling out there and you know, maybe this is just them playing it, playing it safe, and, and not risking, or you know, Marcia not risking the team's best player getting hurt. And what is an other? I mean, let's let's admit it, it's a meaningless weekend of of, of fun and activities, yeah. and we we understand that. But I think this is smart by him. But but yeah, no, I mean, he should have been playing. He should be suspended. I mean, I, I I really think that he should be suspended for that hit. I mean, that is just 
that's old. That's old, Brad. That's like that's what you you thought you were getting in 2011. Uh, before he established himself as a goal scorer, before he established himself as one of the best players in this league, um, he doesn't need to do that stuff anymore. You get why he did it because if you look, if you if you rewatch it about ten seconds earlier, uh, the Bruins think Cronwall slew Foots Bergeron, so they're they're pissed about that. And Cronwall's been that type of player throughout. Yeah, his he career. hits everyone from behind. He's yeah, he's a real yeah, tough guy when that, he comes in. I think that's yeah. why they didn't suspend my shine because it was Cronwall. It was, no. If it was Zetterberg, it would have been different. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of only half joking because the NHL is so political. I mean, I, I they, totally. I mean, it, it's they've gotten better in the discipline, but and we'll 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 get to the NHL hundred later. But there are more indications of how political it is. But I thought for sure he was going to get at least a game, uh, you know, based on it's a slew foot and it's Marchand. He has a reputation. He has a record. Um, if, I thought for sure at least a game. Ten thousand dollar fine. I was like, well, I'll take it. But it's a, it's a, like you know, Ty said, it's a movie. You, th- you think he's passed. He he used to do a lot more dirty stuff. I mean, once in a blue moon maybe, but a, a, a slew foot even on a guy like Fromwell, it's a dangerous, dangerous move. It can really you can really hurt a guy like that. One of the things I found interesting about it too is that you have to remember Cronwell's missed since the calendar year two thousand sixteen. I think Cronwell's missed almost like forty games with knee injuries. So they're looking at it from the Red Wings' point of view, like, hey, what the hell are you doing? This guy, you know this guy's on one knee, basically, and you're doing this. So it was when they call it a dangerous trip, it was dangerous in more than one way. I mean, it was, it, the whole thing was, was dangerous. It was, it was unnecessary. It was reckless. And what I liked about it was Marchand owned it, you know, and the Bruins owned it. After the game, you know, Claude said, we were lucky to have him. Before the game, Marchand says, that was stupid and unnecessary on my part. And I think that shows you the difference now Versus where he was, yeah, but he did that last year too, right? And when he got suspended at the Winter yeah, Classic, he, yeah. he he always owns it afterwards. If you've ever seen, uh, I've and never seen a human more upset to watch a hockey game than Brad Marchand in the press box at the Winter Classic. You could see it on his face; he's like, "Man, I really goofed up." He he knew it, and and I mean that, you know that that he's recognized that. And that's that's wonderful, but you don't want it, you know. I mean, if he does this again, he's going to be gone for probably you're talking five to ten games at least because they've already let him off the hook with this one. Well, they can't win without him. And even that game, uh, you know, he ties it up to send it to overtime Tuesday against Detroit. Uh, since we mentioned Wise Snacks, our sponsor, why don't we select now our Cheese Doodles Extreme Player of the Week brought to you by Wise Snacks. Is it Marchand or would you give it to uh, Pasternak maybe with the overtime winner Tuesday? Or, uh, you know, Thursday they had uh, David Backus showing up in a big way. Probably would be my pick. That's kind of the quintessential David Backus game. If you're going to... Yeah. Bring him in. That's what you want to see from him. You love the physicality. Nights. You love you love all that. No, I'm not like you an love old... the rah rah. Well, no, he he was an impact guy, right? I no, mean, he, he was. He, yeah. In that game, he created a tilt factor, which led to. I mean, they scored the game winner on a power play goal. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, with Colin Miller dropping the gloves, but uh, what's his name for Pittsburgh? Scott Wilson yeah. gets the instigator penalty. It's Bacchus throwing checks all over the ice, which sort of created that. I mean, I, yeah. I think that's a real. Don't you think that's a real tangible effect in that in a game like that? No, it was. I, I, I go back to Marshan more, though, because I look at the situations uh, in which he contributed. I, I think one of the big things was, um, you know, they're down 2 nothing after 1. They're, they begin the period on the, on the PK. Uh, Pittsburgh going for what really would have been the, the, just the absolute dagger, 3 nothing against Matt Murray, a guy who's stoned you all season long. Uh, and Marshan scores a shorthand goal. That gets them back on the board. Um, you know, and then he contributes with a with the five on five goal later in the period, and I think that was kind of one of those things where, you know, what Backus did was wonderful, and I'm I don't want to discredit it at all because it, without that, I don't think the the Bruins are as physically engaged as they were. 
But I just look at what Marshan did in that second period, really get them going. That shorthanded goal, I think, was really a backbreaker for the Penguins. You went from possibly being up 3 nothing, especially given the weapons that their power play has, to being it, it, to making it a 2-1 game. And now the Bruins, they feel, they're, they're feeling it. Their heart and soul guys are going. That's where I include a guy like Bacchus there. Uh, but I, I, I have to go Marshan. I, then again, I'm a Marshan fanboy. I'm a, I am a Marshan apologist and the first to admit it. Well, sure, you give it to Cam Neely since you're a Neely suck-up, as we established. I don't know. Who's, you want to break the tie here? Mmm, cheese toodles. <laughs> oh, had no Marchand. doubt about it. He had two goals in uh, the Detroit game, two more in the, the yeah. you know, Pittsburgh game, for, to crack the 20-goal barrier once again in his career. It's no, no-brainer no for me, man. Brad Marshawn gets the doodles. It's, it's interesting. Like a year ago at this time, they, there was a discussion about whether or not he was going to be signed long-term. Yeah, uh, people thought he was going to – well, the rumor came out later he's going to go to Pittsburgh, right? I guess there were several theories, yeah. but uh, – Did anybody guarantee that? I don't, I don't know if Pete guaranteed that <laughs> last year. Last oh, year. Not, no, you say Pete. I didn't say Pete. Uh, I knew you were thinking it, though. Oh. Um, no, but he, you know, those are two types of, of wins – that gets you again reinvested in the team, or you know, I would think maybe not. Maybe two and a half years they've toyed with your emotions too much, but you're going to want to see what they do now against Tampa, Toronto, Washington in the middle. Uh, they, they've they've extended the season of believability at least for a little bit. I would reel it back in just a little bit. You have to look at these two wins, and here I'm, I'm going to be you. I'm going to be Doomsday right do now. It. Here uh, we go. Oh, uh, Red Wings. Hudobin. Hudobin. <laughs> <laughs> Red Wings come into town, right? They don't have Larkin or Vanek. They're they're two best wingers this year for the most part. And I think you look at some of the matchups that that the Red Wings had against Chara that night. I think Larkin, you know, he's he's a tougher matchup for Chara than Nyquist is. I think that's something that that would have uh, would have helped the Wings a lot more. And, and then you look at Pittsburgh; they come in, Latang's out, Malkin's out, uh, Hornquist was playing at less than hundred percent. I mean, those are three big guys for them. That those are three guys that really helped them. That, that have helped them win the Cup last year and continue to be a juggernaut this year. So uh, I think you have to reel it in just a little bit. But at, at the end of the day, it's points. And that's what this team needs. They need points. They need a win. Uh, they need to stay afloat. Uh, these, these games play. They are going to catch up. The team is, you know, they do realize that. If, what, Julian did make mention of it the other day, uh, he, which kind of surprised me because he's sort of been focused on the task at hand and not looking behind him or not looking ahead. Uh, but but I do think that uh, he mentioned that, hey, we, we need to just find ways to win games, and they hope that a, a game like like Thursday and like Tuesday can be something to build off of. But it's tough to it's tough to fully buy in with this team because every time, you know, like you guys said, every time you think you have a read on them, they just they lay an egg. And I'm fully expecting them to to lose four to one to Tampa Bay and and look emotionally uninterested all game long. Well, the Super Bowl's on everybody's mind. I was just thinking about if if they don't make the playoffs this year. That's three years in a row. It doesn't happen very often with the sports teams in this town. The Celtics haven't missed the playoffs three years in a row since Patino was around in the early 2000s. The Patriots haven't missed the playoffs three years in a row since 1993. Wow. So, I mean, these are all salary cap sports. They're all different. You know, I don't want to do one of those, like, phony, cliche sports talk (laughs) radio topics or whatever, but... It's just, if you miss it three years in a row, something's going to happen with this franchise, right? It's... (laughs) <laughs> that's unacceptable with this roster. And some of the guys that we're talking about here, Marshand, for a second year in a row, having a, a great year. And you hate to waste those when they're spending to the cap and the owner has already thrown down the gauntlet. So there is a lot at stake here. And if they don't put together a streak of some kind, they won't get back into the playoff picture. They're on pace for 88 points right now. As you guys said last week, that's probably not good enough. Yeah, but there's a lot of... 
a lot of hockey left, man. I mean, there's so many teams that can fault. The, I mean, the Philadelphia Flyers, I, I don't think they're built to last. I know Mason's been playing pretty well this year, but, I mean, the Flyers, you know, they're, they're, we're in the same category as them. I think it, it's it's either going to be the Bruins or the Flyers who get in out of those two because I think Toronto's going to – I think it's going to be Montreal, Ottawa, and Toronto and the Atlantic, the three teams there. Ottawa's a stunner to me. I, I did yeah. not expect this, but I think you're right. It's, it's hard to picture them faltering now. They're hanging in there, you know, and, and they're, they're getting it done. I mean, they lost Craig Anderson when he went to join his wife as she was suffering with cancer, and the, their goaltendance held up for them. They're, they're definitely a surprise to me, but – Hey, who knows? They they could be the one to falter, and you know that could open a, a slot there. And, you know this. And by the way, the Bruins have only played them once. They have three meetings with the Senators left. Yeah, and they you know they they have fair success versus Ottawa. It's not like Ottawa owns them while you, you dread going there. Uh, but you know Bruins got thirty games left. A lot of other teams have mostly around thirty four or thirty five games left. But there's just so much hockey left. Anything can happen. Uh, injuries are still going to happen to guys. Guys are going to falter. I mean, the the Bruins they might get this this little. Uh, a little break here might kind of just give them a little bit of juice, exactly what they need, and they still have that that bye week coming up too, right, Ty? Or uh, don't think yeah, that's that coming week. up soon. That's yeah. kind of February. February is a light schedule, right? Right. Um, but you have to look at it uh, realistically. They have to probably win close to a six hundred to six fifty uh, winning percentage to to get in there, and uh, that's going to be difficult. But I think at the same time, they have a pretty pretty good schedule in uh, late late February, early March, where it's a lot of bad teams, a lot of teams that are kind of where you are. Uh, games you should win, historically strong matchups, things of that nature. Um, here's the thing, though, and this is going to drive people crazy, I know. This team is going to stay the course. For the third year in a row, they're going to stay the course. They're not going to make a drastic change. For everything I've gathered, it's it's they they still think that there's untapped potential with this team. Well, last they year they were buyers, though. You say stay exactly. the course. So they're gonna, well, I don't mean they're going to – I don't think they're going to revamp the coaching. I don't think they're going to fire the coach. I don't think they're going to uh, make a massive deal for Gabriel Landeskog because – or, or Matt Duchesne, I, I don't see it because they don't want to give up any of the pieces that they have or any of the pieces that are coming in within the next two years. I think they, they value a guy like Brandon Carlo a lot. They obviously value Charlie McAvoy. I mean, that kid is going to be unbelievable, I think, right away. Uh, they don't want to move these guys. And and it, it makes sense because I still don't think that you're a Landeskog away from winning the Cup. I, I think your problems are deeper than that. And, and But you could be one away from making the playoffs. Of course, yeah. But are, are we... Are you in the idea of, of mortgaging more of the future for, for right now, for the second round? I mean, I think that they've done so yes, much of that. Yes, because they've got Marchand and yeah. Bergeron, and they still have Chara and Bacchus. It's, it's, you know, they, they have guys that you know, scream, hey, we're built to win now. What, are you just going to punt it away and wait for Charlie McAvoy to develop? You can't. You can't do that. I don't know. Because I think there's a lot of teams that, like— I mean, It'll take him five years to be—I mean, he'll be in the league probably in the next couple of years. Yeah. But five years to be an established, proven— well, if you put him in the NHL right system, player. I think I think Aaron Ekblad is a guy that I don't think people. I mean, I don't want to compare McAvoy to the number one overall pick, but I think that this NHL is built for a guy like McAvoy now versus where it was five years ago, where Dougie Hamilton you needed about two years before he was really Dougie Hamilton. I just think the way the game is trending now, the speed, the skating, the quick decisions with the puck, I think it would would allow McAvoy to step in and be a, a top four guy if he's paired with the right player. You know, this case being Chara. Uh, and you put a Carlo down on the second pairing there. I think you have a base there, and I, I know it. I know it sucks, but you don't want to. I just think you don't want to become the Flames. You don't want to be this team that is constantly uh, mortgaging the future, and then signing veterans at the same time and saying, "Well, if we get in, that's good." No, you want to see your young guys grow. I think into what they are, and and I hate the idea of this team trading for uh, a defense, a veteran defenseman or a veteran third-line, fourth-line player, 
and telling me, hey, uh, you know, Vetrano's going to be in this role now. He's going to be off the power play. Hey, uh, Colin Miller's going to be the seventh defenseman now. I hate that idea. It's what happened last year and didn't work out. All right, well, here's the trade rumor. We'll get you coming up next that's making the uh, the rumor mill. And another report from Elliot Friedman about the future of Julian and the Bruins and what they're thinking. So there are so, a couple reports on that as we head to the uh, all-star break here in the NHL. The skills competition tonight, we'll touch on that a bit. Rear yeah. Admirals here from Barstool Sports. Ty Anderson is covering the Bruins for WEI.com. I'm Ken Laird. Saturday Skate with you until 7.30. We're brought to you by AT&T, Star Market, and Wise Snacks on Sports Radio WEI. You are listening to Saturday Skate with Rear Admiral and Ken Laird on Sports Radio WEI. All right, are you guys ready for the latest in the rumor mill? Uh, Lay it on me. Here we go. Are you just from Elliot Friedman? This is actually oh, from a day that's, ago. That's quality, then. Do you not? Uh, no, Elliot's Elliot's, oh, Elliot's among him? the esteemed Canadian three or four that that um you know anything they say it's not gospel, but it's it's definitely trustworthy and it's not made up like some of other media members. You and Trump trust like two media guys each, so I'm gonna put I'm gonna uh-huh. put Elliot Friedman on Fake your news. list. Fake news. <laughs> yeah, here's here, quick quick from Elliot. He said, "Ken, yeah. you're fired." I know. I'm fired. <laughs> Friedman that. says, "Quote: Boston Bruins GM Don Sweeney would rather make a trade first to see if that changes things for the Bruins, as opposed to firing head coach Claude Julian." Oh. That's it. Yeah, that's... short and to the point. Now. This was uh, 24 hours ago. Things are obviously changing <laughs> pretty quickly. This, I think actually this was before the, uh, the win over Pittsburgh. But anyway, Sweeney would, ra- would rather make a trade first to see if that changes things. If they continue this pattern of, you know, win, win one, lose one, kind of are there in a couple weeks, um, and he makes a trade, who would he go after? Well, one of the trade rumor guys that's been out there for uh, – this is going on – at least a year, probably yeah, two by now. Like two and a half. Is Kevin Shattenkirk, the defenseman from the St. Louis Blues. Boston University guy. Uh, Connecticut native, I think, but I think he grew up in New York. He's, um, I don't yeah. think he's, he grew up in, in New England per se. But anyway, he's 27. He's going to be an unrestricted free agent at the end of the year. And the Bruins keep coming up on the list of teams that could possibly be in on Shattenkirk. So let's say Friedman's right and... Right before they hit the bye week, instead of firing Julian, they go for the trade and they bring in 27-year-old Kevin Shattenkirk, 11 goals this year, offensive defenseman, right? Top four guy at least, maybe a top pairing guy. They give up some young players. Not saying it's going to be McAvoy or Carlo, but one of their prospects, draft picks. Is that a good move? Is that a deal that could spur the Bruins to some success and at least get him into well, the playoffs, more so than a coaching change. You need, would. you need to know what the deal is before you can judge a hypothetical trade. I, I mean, it, you know, yeah, you, sure, you'd love to add Kevin Shadkirk, but w- exactly what are you giving up? You know, you need to know what prospect, what player from the roster, what bat, what draft pick before you can can say, okay, I, I'll do that. And then even then, you, you know, you, you gotta you gotta wait for a trade to play out. I mean. You know, you can't judge a trade before it gets made. You don't know who it is. And then even a month later, you, you can't. It's just like right, the Dougie Hamilton trade. That trade is going to take probably five, at least five more years to determine who won that trade. Would you agree, Ty? The um, Dougie Hamilton trade probably needs five years to say, okay, somebody definitively won this trade. Yeah, because you still have to see if, if Hamilton is a real deal and, and can right. play without you know a fellow top-pairing guy next to him. Uh, obviously, I think the body work on Hamilton uh, to this point has been pretty good. Um, but... The cool. Hamilton deal, by the way, the Bruins got Zach Sinitian, who's still in the OHL, right? Yep. Uh, Jer- Lighting it up. Jeremy uh, Lazan. Lazan, yep. He's really good. 
He's going to be really good. And force back a Carlson. Who is also very good. At Puz at BU. So, uh, so you're right. Z- those guys are still in. And Zaboro was the natural pick, right? Right. Zaboro, um... He was the 13th, yeah, he was the first pick of the three in a row that they had. Saboro, DeBrusque, and Sinition. Well, that actually, I, sounds, uh, for some reason, I want to say that the Zaboro one was the LA Kings, but I, I could be totally wrong. Yeah. That draft was very messy, yeah, very was, confusing. There was a lot going on that weekend. Um, actually, no. you're right, that was the Martin Jones trade that they got Zaboro yeah, for. Yeah, 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 it was Lucic. And, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, Which was for Lucic, yeah, it but gets confusing. Going to Shattenkirk, um, you have to remember the price at the draft was gigantic. It, the Blues wanted uh, David Pasternak and both of Boston's first-round picks, which is an insane Which would have been ask. a terrible deal. Oh, my sense. goodness. It would have been horrible, for especially for a guy who was a UFA and still a UFA at the end of the year. Um, so, consider, you know, considering that fact, I I don't trade for this guy. I would. Why would you give up assets and, and, and picks if you think you have a chance of getting him as a free agent? Well, he, the only way they do it is if they can re-sign him. That of course, would be yeah. that would be an automatic. You, you have to trade to, and extend. Yeah, yes, some kind of an agreement. Now, because he played at BU, is there a chance that he might be the vibe? The it's vibe. Hard, it's, it's hard to think that a, a guy who's ready one. to hit free agency is going to just sign. You know, two months so before. What's the BU connection? Well, just that that he he's got some Boston connection, no, right? That stuff. No, that doesn't. That that only matters maybe when you have a kid and the kid wants to go to college. It, where dad? He went to BU. Oh, maybe I'll go there. These guys go to college for a year or two, whatever. That they have ties, friends, emotional, but that does not factor in like what. Like because you went to college somewhere, you want you want to play there professionally. I well, okay. That, how about that plus a lot of money and <laughs> well, <laughs> a long term extension? Yeah, there, there you go. But yeah, there's no. I mean. It's not like oh, I went. To, I I played there for a year or two or three. No, that that doesn't even factor in these guys' decision. Here's the theory theoretical trade from the hockey news. The Bruins have Ryan Spooner that could be available if they get the extension done and include a prospect like Zaboral. Maybe you could work something out with the Blues from St. Louis's point of view. They're hanging around the playoff picture themselves. They have two better defensemen in their mind in Petrangelo and Bomeister. So this is their third best defense. Colton Perego Colton, Colton, uh, Colton is pretty good, too. Okay, so maybe yeah, he, fourth. Yeah. He, he, he would ostensibly replace Shattenkirk, you know, yeah. I mean, and that way. But I don't so, – And they're going to lose him at the end of the year. So if you're the Blues, you, you, you're willing to make a deal, right? Yeah, I mean, that, that could end up – I mean, could end up a, a pure hockey trade possibly. You know, to like a, a team that needs a defenseman, a team that needs a forward, and, and not even have any future ramifications. It could be a, like a U, UFA for UFA swap. But you know, not necessarily with the not necessarily with the Bruins, but you know, just two teams with equal needs. And okay, you don't want to lose them for nothing. We'll we'll, we'll ride them out for the rest of the year. You know, I think I would do that deal. Now, Zaboro, I, I don't know what he's projected to become. I mean, I think of the three, I think he's the the least likely to succeed. I, I just that way you keep Carlo, you keep yeah McAvoy, mm-hmm. and you, you know you're going for it in the short term, and you're. In this theoretical move, your Shattenkirk's now part of your team but, for the next team, five years. I think teams are on to the fact that the Bruins would want to would want to ditch Zaboral. I think of the of all their defensemen, Zaboral is a guy that uh, that gets thrown out there a lot. And I think teams are kind of like, well, why? You know, I, I don't think Zaboral is necessarily. I don't think he's a great skater. I think his decision making is a little eh at times. Uh, I do think he he takes himself out of position. He gets caught wandering quite a bit. Uh, these, granted, I've only watched him at the World Juniors and a few camps and a few preseason games. So maybe I'm wrong, and he's this great defenseman in the queue. But from what I've seen, I think of all this, all the defensemen the Bruins have, and they have they have a ton. I think that he is the the least likely to make it here, if that makes any sense. Be it because of a trade, or be it because he just doesn't crack the lineup. Uh, so I would you I, do the deal? If, if let's if say it's, it, if, if it's Saboro and Spooner, 
Zavoral's Spooner and and a contract you're gonna to, extension. You're going to have to throw a first pick in the, a first round pick in there too. E. Yeah. Uh, well, Spooner's value they've they've pissed that away completely. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean the 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 going the going rate for a guy like Shattenkirk typically is a top prospect, a roster player, and a first round pick. I mean that's the, that's the baseline. I don't see it. That's a lot. I, I, I can't. I don't see this team trading for Kevin Shattenkirk with all the defensive help they have, sort of on the horizon. Uh, what do you, I don't. I don't know why they're going to go out and bring in a guy and put a, that kind of a contract on him. He's a great player. It's not really about Shattenkirk. It's just I don't. Know, they they have a lot of pots in place now. I mean, well, Char is going to be gone in a, right a year, but at you, most. I mean, so would you so think, he's your veteran replacement for him. Yeah, I, I don't know. It just it just doesn't seem like a trade the Bruins would make. Just, just, just they're a conservative organization. It's not again. It's not a dis uh, on, to Shattenkirk, great player. It just it just doesn't seem like the type of deal the Bruins would make. Any trade they do make to a big trade uh, would would likely involve them moving one of McQuaid or Kevin Miller as well because they they would like to get rid of one of those contracts if they're going to make a yeah. if they're going to make a deal. Uh, the problem is that they both have term. With the expansion draft, it's, it's very difficult to trade for or for a team to acquire a guy that sells years left on a contract, unless it's an even swap of money, years, things like that. Because you know, you got to remember that valuable protection spots here. Uh, the teams can only protect about eight to nine, eight to nine players, ten players, whatever it is now. Uh, so, so that that's something that you have to consider as well. Uh, that's why I think another reason why they would likely consider just waiting till he's a free agent and and and. Playing it then, I know that that kills what they're doing this year, but I, I just think that they they are so enamored with their prospects and with their pipeline. Don Sweeney is he's taken so much credit in the fact that he's rebuilt this from the ashes of, of Peter Shirelli just trading and 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 shoddy drafting. So it's going to be very tough for them to to say, okay, fine, we're going to move on from one of these guys. And I think that's why you're seeing this big delay in any trade that they want to make. Do you believe what Elliot Friedman has to say that Don Sweeney would make a trade before he fires Julian? 617-779-7937. You're listening to Saturday Skate on Sports Radio WEI. Ken Laird, Ty Anderson, Rear Admiral from Barstool Sports. We're brought to you by AT&T Star Market and Wise Snacks. Freddie in New Hampshire. It's not a hockey show on the WEI if Freddie doesn't weigh in. So we get Fred on the line. Here, uh, what's going on, Fred? How are you doing? Hey, uh, the Doug Hamilton trade, even if they didn't get anything for that boy, it was a great trade. <laughs> he didn't want to wear the sp- spoke D. He's a defenseman. Bobby Orr, Brad Park, Chara, and he didn't want to wear the spoke D? No. Dougie's gone. Right. Who needs him, him, Fred? Huh? Who needs him, right? Well, you couldn't count on him. And he, and he didn't want to be here. If, if a guy doesn't have pride in being original six, he doesn't care. Oh, he'll, he'll, he'll be with the, the flying A C's. I mean, really? That, that's okay with him? Okay, Dougie, do your turnstile thing, and you go up there and play, get your money, and uh, he's going to be nobody. He'll continue to be a nobody. He's not a, he's not a Bruin, okay? What I called about is something was different on Thursday. Something was very different. I called you guys two weeks ago in yep. that, that Philly game, and I said it was terrible. And you guys all laughed. He said, oh, what do you want to do? won six to three. Big deal. Yeah. They, were, they had five on threes. They couldn't do anything. They were, they were in their end for numerous times, the Bruins' own end. Um, that game Thursday was totally different. There was something different about everybody on that team. Backus. Backus, I mean, beginning of the year, he played like that. He run over people before he'd want to score. But he didn't do that. And, you know, I can understand it's a hard way to play. He's got but, concussion you know, problems too, Freddie. Huh? He's got concussion problems all year too. That that probably didn't help. Well, 
it doesn't help, but that's the way he plays. He can't play any other way. That's why we paid him $5 million. Not me, but the Bruins. Um, so what I saw there is something that, you know, I think it's going to be a change in this team. I'm, I'm hoping it's going to be a change because what I saw there was a team that had pride wearing that spoke B, that wanted to go out and play 60 minutes. Thanks, Freddie. Appreciate the call, my friend. Uh, there you go. He's believing in the passion. You mocked the uh, the physicality of Bacchus. Why? What? what <laughs> hey, I wrote about it. Okay, I said that this is why they paid big money to him to games like that. It's the problem is consistency. If he's going to show up next week and and miss five shots and and continue to look like the worst fit with David Krejci, that means nothing that he hits. I don't care about that. Just needs to play Kessel all the time. And you want hits? Bring up about Zach Ronaldo. <laughs> You need more than that. No, no, that's that's a joke. Don't compare him what? to Zach Ronaldo. Come oh, on, well, that's hey, embarrassing. You like hits, right? Bring up Zach Ronaldo. He'll do with ten of them, and they're all they'll all be illegal. It'll be wonderful. Those players aren't even the same stratosphere. That's that. That's... Well, I'm just saying you need you need a longer sample size with Bacchus. I mean, the fa- like, listen, his energy was great. It doesn't change the fact that he still has one goal and two points in the last ten games. Yeah, he's been he's been moved around a lot. They're trying to find a, a spark for him. I, I does it seem like he's stuck on the Krejci line now? They've they've just uh, <laughs> they've relegated it's, him back to it's wing. It's been like getting your teeth pulled. It, yeah. it, like their chemistry is just not really there. Yeah, it's and, not and good. It, it's just it's it is what it is. But you, you, I think you need more. You want more. You need more because it's if that line doesn't get going. This team's not going to get going. All right, uh, coming up, we'll get. You, uh, I shouldn't say this. Get you set for the skills competition. It's <laughs> that's later on tonight. I'm going to read some of these. Uh, they've they've tweaked a few events in this. They got rid of the shootout. The ratings in this are bad Bozos. every year. Yeah, they're bad every year. I, yeah, it really don't matter what they do. People generally don't watch unless they're diehards like us. But Marshan and Rask will be there, so you yeah. do have two Bruins oh, there. Oh, they're so fun. We'll, it's fun to watch the guys having fun. We'll touch on the All Star game a bit, and then uh, get back to uh, some more of your phone calls and a look at the league. Some surprises in the first half and. Uh, yeah, both yeah, ways. I'm, I'm com- compiling a list like Steve Buscemi over here uh, of like a hate list of all the the NHL hundred of who got <laughs> shafted and and they put 17 more Canadians on because there weren't enough of them already on there. All right, there you go. We'll get to the NHL top 100 list that came out as well. Laird Admiral and Ty Anderson. This is Saturday Skate on Sports Radio WEI. You are listening to Saturday Skate with Rear Admiral and Ken Laird on Sports Radio WEI. All right, the NHL skills competition getting underway in uh, L.A. in a bit at Staples Center. So what's Marshan in now? You said he was pulled from some event. He was he was going to be in the puck control part of the relay I challenge he, or something. Yeah, he's not doing fastest skater. He's doing like the four line. I don't know. I don't know what he's doing. I don't know what this weekend is. What is this? I, I don't know. It's it's too confusing. Even if you try to read what these events are, you. Yeah, you have you to just, watch it to your get eyes what they're start doing. That. That's why I don't even bother reading them. It's just one of those like crack a few beers, <laughs> you know, hang out. Well, it's it's actually tonight's event is, you know, something that uh, a few years ago was really boring, but it's one of those events that combined TV with Twitter and it it, it becomes a fun thing. It, like the people on Twitter, I mean, if you're following the yeah, right, you got to be a hockey nerd to like it, and I, and I kind of do, but well, but no, you're right. But with Twitter, but it, Twitter, it's it, some interaction it, to it. It's incredible how much tw- Twitter can enhance something that collectively, if everybody you well, a lot of people you you, know, you follow and talk to on Twitter are watching some. It, it's great for like an awards like the Oscars, some stuff like that. It's great. Now tonight, you know, there's all kinds of hockey smart asses making jokes and. At people's expense. <laughs> when you sign up for Twitter, you get a subscription to NHL games and Monday Night Raw. You get wrestling. <laughs> it's like good... it's like the two things you like you you get whether exactly. you like it or not. You that's... get hockey talk and wrestling talk. That's hilarious. Uh, but I would say uh, that looking back on it, like 
they got rid of the best part about this weekend. Like, they looked... The, you remember last year? You had Brent Burns putting on a Chewbacca mask. You had P.K. Subban dressing up like <laughs> yeah, Yarmir Yager. They've got and they rid got of the, rid of that. The, the, it's like their version of the dunk contest where you can improvise and exactly. play around with the crowd. They've, they've done away with that for, what is this thing called? The four-line challenge? I don't know. I, I think it ends, you have to That's meet a bunch some, of reporters. Sounds like something late night when the, when the sun's coming up along <laughs> those lines. Oh, is that where you... I no, I, no, it's, you know, <laughs> the four-line challenge ends with all the players getting surrounded by the media and seeing how many cliches they can drop. Yeah, exactly. It's cl- cliche central, you know, going to bear down, Pucks nose deep. to the grindstone, pucks deep, you know, that circle the con- that's, that's part of the four-line challenge. You, you yeah, can get the should... puck in the deepest. I think Sarah Davis is out there. She's going to interview every every uh, every member of the team after the four-line challenge. She's wonderful. No, the hardest shot, Weber versus the Vetchkin, Hedman uh, against Seth Jones. That's, I'll, that's cool. I mean, you can watch that tomorrow and, you know, for, mm-hmm. take you 10 seconds or whatever. So some of these are all right. The game to this is the, the the lamest thing of the whole thing. If you win the skills competition tonight, of course they break it up into uh, you know all the divisions. The winner of the skills skills competition gets to select who they play first in the actual game tomorrow. Which I can't think of anything that means less on the planet. But anyway, the game's tomorrow at three thirty, and that's going on uh, with uh, Marshan and Tuka Rask. Now Rask, you said is flying straight to Tampa Tuesday. He's not going to rejoin the team. So who's playing? I, I, I got my hopes up here that Kudobin was going to be no, in. I will uh, admit that he was going to be in there Tuesday. Now you're telling me pump the brakes. Doby is back in Providence, my friend. I don't think I he's ever they were, back. I thought they were getting him a game to warm up so he'll be ready to go for Tuesday night. No, no, I don't think so at all. I think it's the complete opposite. <laughs> well, I feel think, like McIntyre's been good. He got shelled in Pittsburgh the last time we saw him. Yeah, but he's young. So it's like there's like a, well, he's getting shelled, but he's young. Hudobin's 30 and getting shelled. He's seen these guys before. Uh, no, with Hudobin, it's it's... Uh, it's back to Providence. Uh, McIntyre played last night, uh, stopped 32 of 34 in a win, remains undefeated at the AHL level. Guy is well, unbelievable. These guys both dominate at the AHL. It doesn't matter. Who Dobin does not. Yes, he, got, he does. He, he got got a couple shutouts last week. Well, got, last week. Hartford Wolfpack he was sick. chased him after 20 minutes. Oh, the Wolfpack are good. It's a good are team. they? I don't know. No, I really don't know. Uh, but, but no, I, and so yeah, I, I believe it's going to be Zane uh, on Tuesday night against Tampa. Not to mention, that's a pretty big game for the Bruins. That's tough yeah. to have Rask miss that game to play in the All-Star. I mean, I could be totally wrong, I mean, I, but I just think that the way it's trending, I, I don't think they send Zane down for a game this weekend if, if he's not playing on Tuesday. I think because then you're talking 11 days between games or whatever it would be uh, if he didn't play uh, last night for Providence. So I, I think it's the idea is you want to get him back to game speed and, and not too rusty. I mean, Tampa Bay... They are without Stamkos. They are struggling this year, but still a team that can score some goals. So that at, that is both reasoning for for playing him in Providence and reason for uh, dressing Rask for this game, like you, like you alluded to. All right, text to three seven ninety three seven. This from six one two area code. I have no idea where that is. Uh, Rear, do you really believe that Dougie Hamilton didn't want to play in Boston? Sounds like you may be drinking the Cam Kool Aid. That might be Pete Shepard's cell phone number there. Suck uh, up. Yeah, I, he, no, I mean, <laughs> that's hilarious. No, he didn't want to be. I mean, people I talked to that aren't. There was a smear campaign yeah. of some sorts out, right? We can yeah, yeah, admit I mean, that. There were writers who read 
said stuff that they knew before and didn't use, but I, I, I don't believe I smeared them. But I talked Minnesota, to Minnesota, by the way. Area code, sorry. Go ahead. I, I talked to people that, no, not front office people, not people at the team, other, you know, other sources, I guess, if you want to use that word. I've talked to, yeah, he didn't want to be here. He was reticent about it. I mean, and he clearly, look what, the, I mean, it was obvious by the money he took to play for a Canadian team, reduced all of the taxes. He actually is probably making less money in Calgary if you were to factor in all that. So, I mean, just his actions indicated he didn't want to be here. But yeah, there was a lot of, a lot of talk about it. So, implied, he was a weird dude, man. He, like he just was like quiet, weird. Like I don't know. I didn't. I don't know. He's just strange. I don't know if he was weird. If he's if, if he was aloof. If he was co- co- like cocky. I couldn't really get a read on that kid. I know he was a rookie. He was like kind of Bambi on the ice his first couple, his first season or whatever. But it was. A t- I mean, it's a tough room to to break into. I think uh, at the yeah. time, a lot of veterans, a lot of guys with families, uh, or just they had been here for six and, years now, whatever it was. And he walks in as a twenty year old and. I think he's kind of like, you know, I think he's naturally a little bit of an introvert, a little bit shy, yeah. uh, and I don't think the situation helped. That said, you're right. He did leave more money on the table. The Bruins offered more money, a uh, longer, longer deal, didn't want to do it, and you know, the rest I, I, is history. I it's guess. looking like a good deal to me. That's, that's oh, yeah. Don Sweeney's first big move, and if Sinitian, Lazan, and Forsback at Carlson, what are you, what are you pointing at? Oh, 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 there's Hamilton. He's got I, the All Right Hamilton shirt on. I, I happen to have my All Right Hamilton Spicoli, my Jeff Spicoli <laughs> all, all, all Right nice. Hamilton shirt that Very I had nice. made up. Quick little story about that, right? Now, Dougie's on Twitter. He's never tweeted once, right? Never like he follows people. I got never a, tweet. He's ver- he's verified. It's him. So I got a DM one day from him. He said, oh, I, I, "Those shirts are pretty. That shirt's pretty cool." I was like, "Yeah, sure. I'd love you know, love to get you know. I'll get you one. What do you?" You know, I, so I'm in practice, or if I'm out, you know, let, let me know. I'll meet you. Now, hockey guys are ju- the nicest guys. If 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 a hockey guy is hitting you up for a free a free T-shirt, they're generally going to either, A, at least greet you to shake your hand or maybe give you something in return or whatever. Now, I don't, I'm 45 years old. I don't need something. I don't need to shake a 20-year-old kid's hand. I'm just figuring, like, well, I'll see the kid and he'll be thankful, whatever. Well, I was like, you know, and I, I told him I'm available whenever. He avoided, like, wouldn't he wouldn't meet me. He was like, all right, just go to Mike's, Mike's Pastry and just leave it with the lady. I said, yeah, well, I can. He was like, he was like, <laughs> he was I'm like, a, I'm, I'm afraid to meet you at Mike's Pastry. No, no, I wasn't like, if it was, uh, you know, if it was Bobby Orr, yeah, I'd be afraid to meet me. But it was, you know, I, I didn't care. It wasn't like I was, I wasn't going to ask him for an autograph. I just, again, comparing to hockey players and dealing with them for years and the way they are, especially when you're yeah, doing grounded, things like that. down to earth guys. And when someone goes out of the way to hit you up for a freebie, and I didn't give a can't, can't, yeah, sure, I'll hook him up because I ideally, and then he doesn't even wear the damn thing. He never put it on the locker room. So you so left the form. Couldn't even sell it for him. Yeah, I left the form. He did get it, but it was just. I, I said to myself, like, this is strange. <laughs> like for a hockey player to not even want to meet to just say hello because they're such you know generally great guys. Or, well, or, that settles it. It was a good trade then. Yeah, he didn't so want, I, he didn't but want to be Admiral. Post, no, no, so when all this happened and, and you know, the stories come out, and I'm like, oh, you know what? That makes sense. Yeah. He did seem like a little like. I mean, what kind of guy doesn't want to meet you? You know, like what, mm. what young hockey player that won't. Say, all right, I'll see you at the corner for two seconds and just to say, hey, thanks for that. I'm, yeah. I'm bumming a free T-shirt off you, and you and you, won't, and you got to leave it at the bakery. It's like, come on, buddy. You're a freak. All right. Bo- <laughs> bonus half hour of Saturday Skate coming up. We're brought to you by AT&T Star Market and Wise Snacks. That's Rear Admiral, the one and only from Barstool Sports. Ty Anderson's here. I'm Ken Laird. More coming up on Saturday Skate. I want Skate. my cigarette.